Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hate waiting a week for the next episode of Radio Rental? Subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus to get early access to episodes, ad-free listening, and bonus scary stories. Visit tenderfootplus.com for details. The following podcast includes scary stories with content that could be triggering to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello? Yes, hello, come in, come in. Oh, have you come to answer the ad? Uh, oh, oh no, hello, it's you. Welcome, my dear loyal patron. I'm guessing I know why you're here and it's not because of my latest Craigslist post. <laughs> the help wanted one, not the other one. Well, we won't talk about the other one. Let's just say I had a long night and was feeling very vulnerable and lonely and... Anyway, I'm... I'm looking for a shopkeeper's... protege. Kind of a... an apprenticeship position. Okay, okay, so... let's cut to the chase. I'm looking for a cashier slash janitor. But that's all semantics. We can punch up the title to whatever, you know. I know how much the Gen Z hipsters love their job titles. How about associate producer? Hmm? Mm, chief marketing... Executive. I don't care. It's been so hard to find qualified candidates. Seems like nobody actually wants to work these days. You have to surround yourself with people who want to work. Kim Kardashian. <sighs> anyway, listen to some of these candidates. Ugh. Hey, Terry. My name is Daniel. I saw your ad, and I want to apply to be the shopkeeper's assistant. I think I'd be great for it. Um, all right, uh, a little bit about me. Um, well, my favorite movie is Morbius. Hard pass. No. Next. Hi, Mr. Carnation. I'm a huge, huge fan. I think I'd make a great candidate. I have a degree in film. No. Film degrees are about as useful as they sound. Ooh, look at the use of phallic imagery in Citizen Kane. Ugh. Mise-en-scene lenses. Ugh. Give me a job. No, thank you. Plus, I'd rather someone that brought another area of expertise to the store. Like a marine biologist or a... A masseuse. Well, between us, what I actually need is a plumber. An employee bathroom is the stuff of nightmares. Hello, Mr. Carney. Darren, this is Katie from Dr. Rexbury's office. Just wanted to let you know that that star Oh, okay, moving on. It's cosmetic. By the way, don't get any ideas. There's no story there. Honest. Hey, Terry. My name is Payne Lindsay. I'm a podcaster. And I would love to be considered... Ugh, hmm. 
Well, I... I don't really have a specific reason for rejecting that one. I just don't like the way he sounds. Ugh, can't listen to that all day. Could you imagine? Ugh. <laughs> so anyway, as you can see, it's slim pickings around here. It's very stressful. It's stressing me out. And on top of all that, now there's this void growing in the corner of my shop. Yeah, wow, there it is. Sometimes it just does that. I can't really make heads nor tails of it. One day my wall and my floor makes a right angle and the next there's a splotchy void growing there. At first I thought it was just a little spot of black mold. I thought no big deal. I got out the Windex and a paper towel, but when I knelt down to clean it, it, it sucked the paper towel right up. It's probably in another dimension right now. Maybe one where people are the size of germs. Well, if they have glass in that dimension, I just made it a little cleaner. You're welcome. Yeah. I'll call someone to come patch that up. It should be fixed in no time. Um, okay, um, in the interim, let's try one of these tapes. Here we go. I'd say almost 30 years ago. This would have been in the mid-80s. I was in my mid-20s. I was a young college teacher. I had just finished my schooling and I was hired to teach a part-time class. There were night classes and they were at a branch of a big university. And this branch was kind of in a rural area. It was really isolated. It was lots of woods around it. Kind of a dark, isolated spot. Early on in my teaching career, I was really positive and cool, and there wasn't a lot of age difference between me and my students at that time. I was excited to teach. I was an English teacher. We always say that teaching composition is like going to the dentist. You know, everybody's got to go to you, but they don't want to go to you. They just have to go to you because it's a freshman, it's a required course. So those are the classes that they get part-time faculty to teach, and I was one of those. I've got a class of maybe like 15 students. It's a night class. You know, it goes maybe 7.30, 9.30, something like that. We're probably about three weeks into the semester. Up until that time, we've been reading, talking about stuff, going over examples of writing. And it was coming up on the first major assignment. Now the class was kind of typical, except there was this really unusual guy who sat in the back, in the corner. He was maybe like five or six years older than everybody else. Never said a word, never participated, never raised his hand. It was fine, there wasn't any disruption or anything, but it was, it was a little odd. Our first assignment for this class was to write what we were calling a process analysis paper. It was like a how-to paper, like how to make a pizza, how to paint a house, how to walk your dog, so that students could show that they knew how to write in sequence and write for a particular audience. I assigned this essay. Maybe a week, week and a half later, everybody turned in their essays. I went through them all and I graded them all, and I came across one that this guy had written 
I was really confused at first because it was a paper about like a battle in World War II. I didn't know what, what this was that I was looking at. It took me a few minutes to realize it was probably a paper that he wrote for history class. And he thought he would try to turn it in to get credit in my class. I didn't know what was going on, but I thought, well, you know, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, even though, you know, maybe he doesn't deserve it. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm gonna say that he can do it over again. I handed back all the papers, and I asked him to wait after class. He hung out, and I approached him, and I said, I don't know, I don't know what this is, but it's not the assignment, and I'm gonna pretend that you misunderstood what I was asking for. So I'm gonna give you another week to write the paper that you need to write in order to pass this assignment, and then we'll just call it even. I'll pretend that this didn't happen. I was super accommodating, super nice, also just really young. Not a heavy hitter teacher or anything at that point. You know, I was just trying to be a cool, good, accommodating person. So about a week goes by, he still comes to class, doesn't participate. We try to do group activities. He won't participate in groups. And I'm like, okay, whatever, that's fine. After class one day, he drops his paper on my desk and leaves. So I gather it up with my other paperwork and I go home and I'm, I'm sorting through my stuff, putting things together for the next time I'm gonna teach. And, and I come across this essay of his. I look at the title and the title is how to get out of English class. So I started to read it. The first paragraph began, step one, figure out your teacher's schedule. Watch the way she walks, watch what she's carrying, follow her down a particular hallway. Each of these kind of steps they were in paragraph form, so there were details. I was beginning to feel a little uncomfortable. The second step was figure out where she parks. I was parking in a really isolated spot. It was this faculty lot, very dark. This was a really small campus, so maybe there were only a handful of, of teachers in the whole building by that time. I was still curious about where this was going and getting very nervous. The third step, find out which car is hers. Fourth step, what time does she get to her car? The fifth step, cut her brake lines. After that step, I was kind of paralyzed, thinking, oh, wow. Okay, what, what, is, what is this that I'm, that I'm reading here? What is this I'm reading? I think it went on to describe what would happen on the highway as I was driving, or as this theoretical teacher was driving. The car will go 55, it's going 60 on the highway she'll begin to lose control. It'll veer off the highway. 
it'll crash into a tree, a wall. And that's how you get out of English class. It was a really well-written paper. And this guy wasn't a good writer because I'd seen his writing in class. You know how a student writes after three weeks of looking at in-class writing, you know, languages that he'll use or grammatical errors that he'll, that he'll have. This wasn't his writing. What I understood is that there was somebody else involved in this. It wasn't just him sitting down and writing a paper. It was him and somebody else. What did he say to this person? What were they doing when they wrote this? I mean, my mind was just going. You're not just walking by one person on a dark road, you're walking by two guys on a dark road. It wasn't just him that was talking about this stuff. I was very scared. I don't know what I had shared with the class, but I'm usually open in class, so I may have said where I lived, that I lived alone. And he was creepy looking. And I was afraid I was gonna see him. I was trying to figure out what to do next, and I decided I would call his bluff. So I graded his paper. I made a couple little marks here and there. And I remember I gave him an A minus because it was really well written. But I put in the comments, this is a really well written paper, but I'm not especially objective because I know it's written about me. I decided to give him back the paper during class instead of at the end of class. I set it on his desk, face down, continued to teach, made sure I didn't look at him, but I could see that he had picked it up and glanced at it. I just remained focused and pretended that nothing had passed at all between us. There were things I could have done, you know, I could have talked to the dean, I could have talked to a chair, I could have talked to somebody. I was nervous to go out to my car. By the time class was over, it was very dark. There were very few people left on campus. I walked out to my car and it was pretty much surrounded by woods and a big pond. I looked all around me. I held my keys in my hand, thinking that maybe that could offer some protection. I didn't see anybody. I was, I was scared for a long time after that. He never showed up in my class again. There was always, for me, the possibility that he was going to show up again. So that fear and that anxiety remained. When I would go to my car after class, I was still afraid. Maybe a few weeks later, 
I was pulling up to a gas station. I saw him. He was pumping gas for the car in front of me. I kind of freaked out. I backed up and I sped out and I raced out of there. I guess I didn't realize until that point how really scared I had been. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Okay, well, so, yes, that was kind of nerve-wracking. But if you thought that was concerning, get a load of this. Malachi, no! Get away from there! Don't you dare flirt with danger. This isn't time to be a tough guy. You're not Tom Cruise. Uh, 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 uh. Malachi loves Top Gun, the original. Ah, oh, who do we have here? Ah, the repairman. 
to deal with this mysterious void that's possibly from another dimension nonsense. All righty, well, um, welcome, come on in. Let's pop in another one while he fills up our hole. Um, probably could have put that a little more delicately. This took place in 2010. I grew up on the Ohio River in West Virginia. I had a lot of friends right across the river in Ohio. We pretty much spent almost the entire summer hanging out, especially since I was getting ready to go to college. We'd been talking about it for a long time, about how we wanted to go camping in the woods. One day we were all hanging out. One of us just suggested, hey, we should spend the night in the woods tonight. I had one friend, Zane, that lived next to a pond, next to a very large patch of woods. We decided we were going to go camping right along the edge of the woods. There was me, Zane, and two other friends. So we packed up all the stuff, hot dogs, stuff for s'mores, some walking sticks. We set up our little fire ring where we were going to build a fire and then decided to go for a hike. We come back and then build the fire. We're all sitting in our foldable lawn chairs, had our backs to the pond, and we were facing the woods. Probably about 20 feet to the pond and then maybe 30 feet to the woods in front of us. Most of the night was quiet. We stayed up really late. Sometime between 2 and 3 a.m., I could hear twigs snapping. While I was trying to process that, a stick had come out of the woods and landed close to where we were all sitting. Grabbed our walking sticks. We all just go quiet. Maybe 10 to 20 minutes go by. While we were standing, the second one comes flying out of the woods and this one actually hits our fire. Spinning like someone had threw it. I saw it coming out of the woods. So I knew it didn't just fall from a tree. Cinders and stuff flying up, so we all jumped back. A couple more minutes of nervous laughter kind of occurs to us that Zane's brother was probably messing with us. It would have been a lot of effort for him to get up in the woods without us seeing him, but it would not have been unusual for him. It wasn't something that was outside the realm of possibility at all. Still standing around the fire, standing around the chairs, waiting for like what his next move is gonna be. And nothing happens. We sit back down and I'm thinking maybe he heard us or onto him, so maybe he just gave up. We heard some more noises, footsteps in the woods. We ignored it. We're not gonna entertain it. He's pranking us, we're just gonna ignore it. Another stick comes flying out of the woods. This time, it came from behind a very large tree. This one landed in the fire as well. Zane's brother was a quarterback. It probably would have been easy for him to hit the fire with a stick. And we figure he's just gonna keep messing with us. And so 
Zane and I have these flashlights. We're kind of whispering to ourselves, like, let's go catch him. We'll turn it around on him. We'll try and scare him or catch him. We start to walk towards this tree, and this tree is probably 30 feet from where we were sitting. Zane's plan is, you go around one side of the tree, and I'll go around the other. We'll trap him. I go left, and Zane goes right. I was focusing on the tree, looking at Zane, waiting for the cue to turn the flashlight on and jump out. As we're approaching the tree, I saw movement towards the bottom of the tree. I figured that Zane's brother had seen Zane coming from that side of the tree and so was shimmying around towards me without knowing that I was there. I turned the light on. I angled the beam down towards the bottom of the trunk, sticking out from behind the tree was a leg. It was a very large red leg, dark red color, kind of like a burnt orange. It was muscular, like patchy fur all the way down. I could see muscle definition, and I could see the tendon and the back of the knee. So it wasn't just obscured, just covered in fur. But there was fur, it was hairy. Patches of long, stringy fur all up and down it. I think I was trying to rationalize in my head what I was looking at. I'm looking at this leg, then it turns and steps behind the tree. And right as it does, Zane yells. Then I realize what I saw was not normal. Not Zane's brother. So then I yell. We turn and run back. As we were running, I remember hearing the sound of something crashing through the woods, like running through the woods. It had to have been running the opposite direction because it was going through the woods. It sounded very large. The guys are asking us, what happened, what happened, what's going on? I wasn't the only one that saw it. Like, Zane was over there with me. I can't believe that we just saw that leg. Zane looked at me and he was like, leg? I saw an arm. It was a large red arm. When it moved, it like spread its fingers. And I could see that it was a hand that was gripped on the side of the tree. Its fingers were thick and red. He saw it push off the tree, and that's when he yelled. I'm freaked out. I'm dumbfounded. Even up to this point, it was hard for me to believe and process what I had seen. When he described it the same way, that it was large and red, 
And not just that, but that he saw the arm, the hand grip and push off the tree at the same time that I saw the leg turn and go behind the tree. We actually did see something. I wasn't just seeing things because I was scared or I wasn't just seeing things because it was dark. It was a very adrenaline-fueled, scary five minutes because we now don't know what it was. And it's out there. For us to get back to the house, we have to go past where we just saw this thing. We did not want to go past where we saw that thing to get back to the house. We stayed up for most of the rest of the night. We eventually went into the tent and just talked about what it could have been, what we thought it was. And as soon as the sun was up, we ran back to the house. We didn't pack any of the stuff up. We left everything out there. Once we were inside like the safety of his bedroom, we all crashed. And we all fell asleep. In Southeast Ohio, they talk about the grass man. Ohio's version of Bigfoot. Growing up right on the Ohio River and with my friends living in Southeast Ohio, like the grass man was something we had heard a lot about. We were very skeptical, and so I think we were kind of hesitant to say, oh yeah, it was a Bigfoot. We didn't see its face. We got an idea of how big it was. If it's not Bigfoot, I don't know that the alternative is any better. It might be scarier. If it was a person out there messing with us, they would have had to go into great lengths to do that. If it wasn't a person, I genuinely have no idea what it could have been. Something happened that we couldn't really explain. We didn't go in the woods anymore after that. We had friends that were like, no, we should go, we should go. Me and Zane were like, no. Like, if you want to go camp over there, that's fine. I'm not going. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom 
was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, yeah? Well, you know what? Maybe, have you even considered that maybe the problem isn't the hole? Maybe it's the size of the wood. Wow. Terry, again with the phrasing. Hmm. Uh, Alas, the repairman says the void is growing and there is nothing he can cover it up with. Uh, No worries. I'm sure I'll think of a solution. Um... Ooh, how was that tape thrilling, right? Oh, I liked that one. I loved putting that one in. I never want to pull it out. There I go again. It really is just... Anyway. Oh, looks like Malachi liked that one as well. He doesn't want me to pull it out either. (laughs) Malachi, you've got a case of the zoomies. Whoa, slow down, Malachi. Slow down, not so fast. Oh, no, 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 you're getting too close to the void. Malachi, you're at Mach 10. I'm going to need you down to Mach 2. No, 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 Malachi. Oh, oh, good, yes, okay. You zoom around over on the other side of the room. That's, that's fine, Malachi. Well, maybe this growing void in the corner isn't so bad, you know. Maybe it's kind of a friendly void. Or like a, a shy void. Nobody puts void in a corner. Okay, oh, whoa, okay. Does not like dirty dancing references. Noted. Well, folks, there's always something truly exciting happening at Radio Rental. You're going to want to come again and again. And I want you to. Feel free to enter me anytime. I mean, well, you know what I mean. Dear listener, please don't cancel me. Radio Rental is created by Payne Lindsay and brought to you by Tenderfoot TV. Lead producer is Eric Quintana. Executive producers are Payne Lindsay and Donald Albright. Hosted by Rain Wilson as his character, Terry Carnation. Written and produced by Meredith Stedman. Supervising producer is Tracy Kaplan. Associate producer is Jaja Muhammad. Editing by Eric Quintana, Mike Rooney, Sean Nerney, and Sydney Evans. Additional writing by Mark Lachlan. Sound design, mix, and master by Cooper Skinner. Additional sound design and mixing by Devin Johnson. Original score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Video editing by Dylan Harrington. Cover artwork by Trevor Eiler and Rob Sheridan. Special thanks to Oren Rosenbaum and the team at UTA, the Nord Group, Station 16, Beck Media and Marketing, and the team at Cadence 13. If you have a radio rental story that you'd like to share, please email us at yourscarystory at gmail.com or contact us via the form on our website, radiorentalusa.com. 
follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Rental. You can also follow the illustrious Terry Carnation on social media. Just search at Terry Carnation. On behalf of the Radio Rental store, we'd love it if you'd subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening. <laughs>